Thank you so much. What a nice welcome to both of us. This is Dr. Holm, our Prairie Doc. He's right here with me, ready to answer your questions or sing along with anything you'd like to sing along with. His specialty, other than singing, is internal medicine. (laughs) He's a physician with the Avera Medical Group Brookings. He's a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. And he's also in affiliation with South Dakota State University as he conducts his medical research. Good morning, Dr. Holm. Have fun. Good morning, Joe. You have an excitement with that medical research getting organized now, We've got 93. We've got room for three more. Three more. Well, you'll (laughs) probably get them. That's That's a phenomenal turnout. Especially since you're dealing with all of us curmudgeons who are over 70, right? Yeah, the 70 the whole program, plus group. You know, they're not an easy group to deal with. No, they, um, it's interesting. We that. are not. I, I no. will add myself to that. You know, we know what's right, and we're set in our ways. And so for 90-plus people who are over 70 to have signed up, that shows a lot of confidence in you, yeah. Dr. Holm. Well, it's a, I hope it's a, a successful thing for people. You know, it's a win-win research project because the people who get intervention uh, with the with the special exercise program is uh, versus the people who get to walk. I mean, the walking, I think the, the key to exercise is really walking. I think it's the golden exercise. Have you been talking to my friend Jean Jostad? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone in uh, Brookings who knows Jean knows she walks. She's a walker. She's a walk, walk, walker. And that's a great thing. Oh, yeah. So, so it's all going well. So I'm we're getting ready, and you. they're going to be doing the measurements starting in September, and I think the week of the 18th of September I'll start my groups. I've got I think most everyone listening to this program is aware of this uh, uh how to sign up, but just in case, since you you need a few more people, what number would they call if they were interested in a health research for for people seventy plus? It's area. Um, uh, well, it's it's my clinic number six nine seven nine five five one. Okay, uh, and if you call that number six nine seven nine five five one, leave your leave your uh, your name and your uh, telephone number. So I can call you back. And you will get a call back and see whether or not you're interested in this program. And if you didn't receive mail from Dr. Holm, he can fill you in thoroughly on this. And it's just, as you said, it's just to see if exercise is beneficial to people over 70. There's right. more to it than that. And, but well, yes. Basically, and Plus, it. we're going to look at uh, dietary uh, advice. And so the dietary uh, work that we're going to do has to do with learning all about what we know about dietary health, uh, primarily, we're going to talk about calories. We've uh, I've been working on a calorie manual. Uh, we're going to talk about carbohydrates versus protein versus fat. We'll talk about the minerals and the vitamins that are in the food that we eat. We'll talk about um, uh, the balances of things, vegetarian versus uh, celiac diet versus... Uh, high fat, fat uh, low carbohydrate versus low fat. Um, and so, I mean, it's an interesting kind of a review of all the, all of the dietary things. We're going to end up touring the grocery store. We'll be doing some diet. We'll, we'll probably make our, uh, and own our own recipe book. And um, it's so some fun, be fun things too. Plus, so we're going to be uh, wa- walking and exercising and all those good things. Well, if you're over 70, 
and you're interested and you haven't signed up yet, be sure to give Dr. Home a call at 697-9551. We're going to take our first break. We'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. Dr. Home and I just reviewed his research project. He's very involved in it, and we hope uh, if you're listening and you'd like to be involved, again, I'll give that number one more time, 697-9551. Dr. Holmes has many interests. Among them is his TV program. And tomorrow night, September 1st, is that the first live one? No, actually, we were were recording our second show for the year, but it's going to be a recorded show. Okay. And it's going to be all about cancer with uh, Ben Solomon, who is an oncologist. Uh, good friend, good good guy. Uh, we're receiving a lot of uh, accolades from patients who've been uh, cared for by him. When uh, you say recorded, it won't be on the air tomorrow night? It will not be on the air. I'm They're, sorry, I missed have, that. They okay. are doing fundraising at this time. That's what I was thinking. The fundraising yeah. is going on right now. Right. So when will your first live program Our be? Our first live show will be the next week, which will be an orthopedist, Mark Harmon from Rapid City. Uh, he presently does volunteer work at uh, one of the Indian reservations uh, on a regular basis. Uh, he's in the kind of retirement phase of his life. He's a, a, just a, uh, a great guy who spent his life doing uh, artificial knees and joints. And tell us a little bit about what's happening with you if you want to talk about that. Oh, I'm going to have surgery tomorrow. Ta-da! Ta-da. Going down to Sioux Falls for the orthopedic I can't think of the name of it, hospital, whatever it is, across from Avira, and Dr. Luby is going to replace my knee. So did what? have you had a knee before? I've had two most of my life. Two knees? Yeah, but I've not had an artificial <laughs> one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had, you had a hip. I couldn't resist. You had no, a hip. No, I had right? a hip replaced in 2008, and my I wrote all my sisters and my brother. You know, I've got five sisters, and just wrote them on Monday and said, just want you to know I'm going to be having this surgery. They all wrote back, our family is hip. What are you doing with knees? You know, I really hadn't told them the problems I'd had with my knees. None of the others sold shoes. That had a big thing Getting to do with my knees. knees yeah. Our family does, will, you can't fight genetics. We will all have hips replaced, I'm sure. It just runs in the family. But none of them have had knee problems, and I spent 18 years selling stride ride shoes to tiny little kids crawling around the floor and ate up my knees and it was not easy on them and finally they've come to the point where the left one just uh, you know i thought he might give me a shot or something took a look at the x-ray he said uh you know you're bone on bone i said yeah probably and just no point in doing anything other than just replacing it and i knew that was coming actually in 1998 i had my second, I had both knees scoped in the 90s, two different orthopedic guys. Both of them said, you know you will be a candidate for knee replacement. He said, okay, I know, but I'll put it off as long as I can. You know, that's so that's 17 years. That's yep, pretty good. Putting it off is the thing to do right. as long as you can. But and I, I think they've really improved the knee, uh, knee surgery since then, which is which, nice. Which All is really improvements true. always coming along. So I'm looking forward to it. Good. Not really. Whoever really <laughs> looks for it. I'm looking forward to a year from now. And uh, I'll be saying, boy, that was a good idea. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, some people really bounce right out of it. I think the most important thing is to keep moving. And have you done the, pre, the pre-exercises? That's the most important thing, that you strengthen the muscles that work the knee uh, before you go to surgery so that you've got them to attach, that they're strong enough to work with. 
when you well uh, dr luby did mention that it's obvious you have been exercising i said you know i knew these knees were going so i walked and i biked i biked a lot as a matter of fact two weeks before i went in to see him i took a fall on my bike and broke two toes on the other foot so (laughs) and then i had two weeks traveling to visit our kids and so my left knee was killing me my right right foot two broken toes i was just like you know what else could happen really but it was fine got around we had um, we have a, f- a fracture in our family too. Just you do. Eric was biking in New York. You know how New York is, and he got doored as he was biking through. Ooh, you know, a car door. Opens the car door, oh. and actually they opened him right oh. into him, uh, and it pushed him out into the lane where he bounced against a truck. Oh my goodness! And the truck threw him down to the ground. He cracked three ribs, and he broke his fifth metacarpal bone now that would be finger not which is the fifth finger but it isn't the finger it's the base of the finger that bone in the hand when did this happen oh probably seven weeks ago the poor guy how's he doing well he was he was out of his cast a week ago okay and uh he has a knuckle and it doesn't hurt and it isn't bent so i think we're we're out of the woods oh and he's a young man, but still going through something like that—that's just. I'll tell you what—it's debilitating, uh, and you know you can't is. play the guitar very well with with your, you know. Your, and your he likes to play the guitar. Well, you know he's he's home for a month. He took he took a respite from New York for a month, uh, at the lake. He's doing a lot of work by the computer and phone and so on and so forth. And uh, planning for Oh, come on. He wanted Mommy to take care of him. Yeah. Come on. That was his main reason for coming home. A little boy. He yeah, needs his mother. Right. I heard. And Mom cares. Right. So um, it's been a, a good time, and we have, we have enjoyed him, and it's been fun. Oh, uh, that's good. So we've... I'm sure you've taken good care of him. It's just a pity it has to be like that. No, well, I'm sorry to hear there's that. There's been a lot of singing. <laughs> I'll bet there has. <laughs> so much fun. Well, we're going back to uh, your TV program. You are going to record information on uh, cancer, cancer tomorrow, tomorrow night with Ben Solomon. Let's talk about cancer because why don't I, think, we? I think that that's an important issue. <clears throat> Maybe we should take a break before that. Let's do that. All first. right, and we'll be back right after these words. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. We've been talking a little bit about family, but now we're going to be talking about cancer because tomorrow night Dr. Holm will be taping a program on cancer to be aired later in the television season. But we're talking about cancer. During the break, Bob had a really good comment. He said, why don't you discuss, is cancer uh, caused by genetics or environment or both, and which is more prevalent so one of the things that people like to do in this world is to point a finger and say well they deserve that i mean they live that lifetime you know that's classic story of people who smoke well you know you knew it's their you were, fault it's your fault that <laughs> yeah. you had cancer and the answer i have with that is that you know a large number of uh, people who have lung cancer for example never smoked uh that uh that it is it is a happenstance that is nobody's to blame. Uh, and, um, you know, of course, uh, you can, uh, I, I do believe that it's a reasonably good idea to take every, make every effort to uh, live a good lifestyle and, 
do to as well avoid as you can. the risk factors. Right. And of but course, smoking is a major risk factor, but it's not the only it, cause. It certainly isn't. Uh, if is it uh, is it the environment that we live in, or is it the genetics that we are given, uh, or is it the years that pile up? And it's a combination of all those things. If you look at can uh, skin cancer, is an obvious uh, one that you can see. And um, some people are blonde, blue-eyed, pale as a ghost. Sun comes out and they burn. Uh, their radiation exposure to them is hard on them. Some people are dark-complected, and uh, the sun comes out and it doesn't destroy their skin as but much as it does uh, destroy the skin of a light-complected person. Uh, and and that's kind of like the rest of it. Uh, the people who are uh, heavy smokers might have uh, blonde, blue-eyed lungs. You know what I mean? They may have a, <laughs> a, a, a susceptible environment in their lungs and that would put them at risk for cancer there. Some may not have uh, risk factors there. And it, it has everything to do with the environment that we have but it has to do with the genetics too, so it's a, it's a combination, no question. Uh, and uh, let's let's look at the environment, things that we can do uh, something about. Uh, I think uh, trying to avoid uh, smoke is a good idea, and uh, trying to avoid too much sun is a good idea, uh, and uh, eating a reasonably balanced, fibrous diet is a, a good idea. But no matter how you do it, uh, there's, you know, and eating enough soy is not going to prevent breast cancer in a woman. Uh, you know, eating enough fiber is not going to prevent your, your colon cancer. Uh, there's some things that we should do on a reasonable basis to check to see if you can catch things early. Uh, that colonoscopy that you should have at 50, and then if it was normal, every 10 years. Or if it wasn't abnormal, or if it wasn't normal, and there, uh, there were polyps, or there were some findings, then, then according to what they find, you know, five years or three years or one year, depending upon what they find. Uh, if you know, if you're a woman, uh, get those mammography uh, tests starting at least at 50. There's some argument about doing it earlier, uh, I, but certainly start at 50. Uh, and then if there's something that happens, you see blood in your urine, you see blood in your stool, you see a change in a, uh, a symptom, then get on in, get it checked. Look at the, have somebody check all those, those moles on your back. Uh, you can't see them. Don't put your head in the sand. Is that it? You know, just I mean, use common sense catch it early if you can, right. for goodness sake. And then no matter how you do it, you may not catch it early. I mean, pancreatic cancer will take you whether you, you know, you, you just can't catch it early um, uh, in most cases. Or uh, brain cancers, you know, you can't always catch those early. So, I mean, it's just a, we're, we got to be happy about the fact that we are alive and we should not be in a panic about, um, wor uh, wor of worry about something that could happen when you uh, blink your eyes uh, twice. Because the fact is, no matter how you do it, we're going to be gone. We're going to die one day. And so what do we have? We have today. Enjoy today. Take some precautions, savor your moments, love your friends, laugh on a regular basis, and uh, 
And, and um, if you're faced with the big C, you're faced with it. Yep. What are some of the common misconceptions that people have about uh, cancer treatments? You know, they've changed over the years. What are, what are people fearful of? Well, I had a patient who had a breast lump, and she had a family member that had had breast cancer uh, and uh, had died a fairly miserable end after about seven years and had been had received a fair amount of radiation and chemotherapy and so on and so forth. So the patient decided that she would not have any therapy. Well, she didn't go to standard therapy. She decided to, to believe somebody who gave her bull crap and she ended up paying a lot of money for uh, some guy who had said that he was a doctor because he got his degree on uh, online. online and had a machine that uh, that was able to discern what herbal things she needed to prevent the oh, cancer. Oh, isn't that wonderful? So she died in a year. She died in a year, and it was just about as miserable of a death as the, the seven-year life. Um, and I, 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 I looked at that, and I thought there was no way I could talk her into, uh, you know, either, either having the, it removed surgically or having uh, any type of standard therapy. Uh, standard therapy is, you know, we are scrambling as hard as we can every day to develop a better way. And when that didn't work as well, let's try this method. That didn't work, but there, there were some clues that this helped. And, and it's remarkable, the cancer therapies that we have now that are just very, very effective. I, uh, uh, Mike McHale, an oncologist, I told him that story about the woman, and he said, you know, if she would have just come to me, I mean, I can bring a person to live a full life uh, with breast cancer uh, sometimes. You know, I just, if you get the right drug, and I know of some drugs, and this works and that works. I mean, the point is, there are drugs that make a difference now in certain kinds of cancer. But, again, it's a, a bit of a crapshoot. No matter what you do, some cancers just spread no matter what you do. And some, you hit them with the, the drug, and they lay quiet for 20 years, you know what I mean? It, it's it a crapshoot. Right, but they're, they're really are great success stories now. They're you know, wonderful 30 or 40 stories. years ago, you heard the word cancer and you heard a death notice. Now you hear it, you panic a little, but you realize there's a lot of good care out there. So a great story. Uh, a friend of ours, um, and you know her, but I won't say names, okay. was uh, in the parade the Hobo Day Parade, in a, on a float. And I'm standing out there with our kids getting candy, and my wife and I are standing there, and I'm seeing her, and she is as pale as anybody is. I mean, she was white as a sheet. And I thought, okay, she got she had too, wrong. Much, <laughs> too much uh, pre-Hobo Day uh, beer last night or something. You know what I mean? She just didn't look good. And the next day, I'm making rounds at the hospital, and her doctor, Dr. Shasky, uh, had admitted her, and he was waiting to get a bone marrow test done uh, by the hematologist that comes in two or three days. And I walked in and said hello to her because I was a friend and her husband was there, and I said, but I do bone marrow tests. Shasky does, might not know this, you know. And so I called Shasky up, and he said, sure, if you can do it, do it. So I did it, and there was leukemia, acute myelogenous death knell leukemia uh, not many years earlier. And um, so uh, we made the diagnosis in a day, 
She was at the Mayo Clinic the next day. Uh, she had a bone marrow transplant. It was on the cutting edge of new bone marrow transplants. And um, uh, we just got a Christmas card from him la this last Christmas. This was in the that 80s. It had to be in the 80s, and she's been fine. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Uh, and oh. it wasn't like five years earlier, I was a resident, you know, or maybe 10 years earlier, that I was a resident at Grady Hospital, and the lady had acute myelogenous leukemia. And, of course, um, this is the cutting-edge place, uh, uh, oh, Atlanta. Uh, Emory doctors were there all over. We had everything that we could use to, to use to treat her. And uh, and we used the chemo, and it gave her another month, and then it gave her another month, and it gave her another month, but there were some problems. It gave her another month. There was more problems, then she died. So she had something like nine or ten months where she would normally have had two or three. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, this that is the worst condition. But we have therapies. Now there are new therapies for leukemias of all kinds that are just unbelievably effective. You know. Well, there's a lot of success stories with cancer. We're going to take our next break. We appreciate you listening today. If you have any questions about cancer, any comments to make, give us a call at 692-1430. We'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I almost <laughs> said home, homespun <laughs> medicine. You almost Isn't did, it? but you wow, didn't. Wow, living you in the past. Say that, I didn't yeah. say it. I thought about it. Uh, no, we are Prairie yeah. Doc Radio. Glad to have you listening. Well, I'll, I'll try to stay awake through the rest of the program. <laughs> I'm sorry, just a little daydreaming there. I so think. you were off to New York this last week? Or oh, we had a good time. We were in, uh, actually, we saw all the kids because we started two weeks ago in Minneapolis at a twins game with our daughter, Erin, who's from Aberdeen. All the Fulbergs were there, so the whole Fulberg clan was there. We went to a Twins game, left the car with our daughter in Minneapolis, and flew to New York. Had five days in New York, took the train to Boston, five days in Boston, came back to Minneapolis, and the next day we went to the Minnesota State Fair oh, with so our family uh, from oh. Minneapolis. So we actually saw all 15 grandchildren in two weeks, and wow. now we're home. And now you're home. Yeah, got Breathing. it Breathing, catching your breath. Catching our breath, getting organized. Uh, just, it was really fun. One, the one of the highlights was our son got his tick matinee tickets. Take two little girls to uh, the Lion King. I'd never seen it. It's twenty years old. Eddie knew uh, one of the producers, and so when the play was over, they said, "Just sit in your seat." And uh, everyone left, and the uh, stage manager came out and took us on a tour backstage. All the costumes. All those costumes. It was just amazing. Wow. It was a phenomenal program. Have you ever seen the Lion yes, King? Yes, I saw it in New York. Isn't it, it just a great production? It was the music just oh, overwhelms it you. It was production. phenomenal production. And you go backstage, and the actors are there in sweats, and they, oh, how you doing? Come by. And they're just nice. Took pictures <laughs> with our grandkids. It was just darling. So that was a real highlight. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. I, isn't it amazing who would have thunk when it first came out that it was going to be successful? It started in Minneapolis. It's, you know. I know that 20 years ago in Minneapolis. In the children's theater. People think, weren't yeah. sure what they thought of it, but boy, it sure it took just off. just took off, and just it's still amazing. hanging in there. It is. It's really a strong so production. I think that, and I'll tie that to medical issues. I, I really do think that uh, that we need to do the things that we want to do in our lifetime. Uh, and and do those things and uh, 
take advantage of the opportunities that we have in this world and jump out of the routine that we have every day. Now, it's not to say that the joy isn't in the routine, too. But um, you also need to take opportunities to do that. I hear Bob advertising the, the what is the name of that uh, fair in Sioux Falls, where the, or in uh, Minneapolis, where they, they wear the Renaissance fair? Renaissance. Renaissance fair. You've been to that before, Bob? Uh, I have not, no. I have. Have you? No, I've you never haven't. been to the Renaissance. I'm a knave because I haven't gone. But. A knave is that what they <laughs> a call knave. you? Yeah. So <laughs> we should. It's we something. Should. If you haven't done it, do it. My husband did not like it because he hates that. Is it jousting where they come at each other on horses? He said that's horrible. He was really upset by that. He can watch a football game where they're beating the daylights out of each other, but yeah. jousting, <laughs> I didn't get it. He just he found everything about it offensive, and I really enjoyed it. They're roaming around. If the weather's nice and eating the turkey legs and just yeah, I thought it was kind of fun. Eating the turkey legs. That's what they all say. Oh, I've been to the Renaissance where you I eat ate tur- a turkey leg. Turkey legs. <laughs> Yeah. So <laughs> well, it's it's an enjoyable afternoon unless you hate jousting. I guess that's a drawback. Well, well, I you know, I actually those people who joust on the horses, it's another reason to have really well-trained horse people, you know, and horses. You know that. And that's a really good thing because we're losing that because all of the reasons to train horses and so on and so forth went away when we got the tractor. You know, it it's changed people and the and the car yes bob you're going to talk about no, my my grandfather thought tractors were a passing fad and he wouldn't buy one he continued <laughs> to farm with horses and um, lost his farm basically back in the depression but he kept the horses and i can remember as a kid going out there they were uh they were morgans and they were huge uh-huh. throw me up on the back of this old horse fly in blue were their names and we'd walk around the corral and he made sure he said they worked for me their whole lives now they get to take it easy and they were having a hard time making a go of it, but he always made sure that his horses had oats and they died of old age in their 20s. A passing fancy. Yep. The tractor. That's, That's true. Yeah. Ed's grandfather had a very large dairy farm in what is now central St. Louis. But when Pasteur came in, now his, fa- his grandfather was Fehrenbach, and he was 100% German. Those French don't know what they're doing. <laughs> he did not believe in pasteurization because Pasteur was French. French, yeah. So he sold the damn dairy farm. It <laughs> 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 just got out of the dairy business. That was it. Oh, man. Oh, That's these grandfathers were pretty tough characters, weren't they? Well, and, you know, you talk about uh, the Dr. Hyde from, from uh, Brookings, who yes. lived in... Uh, a house two block one and a half blocks from our house we're almost done uh had a carry horse in a carriage and would go to the farmhouses and deliver babies on the kitchen table right and i mean you know their horse you know he could get up in the middle of the night and then walk in and the horse would put this his would put on his own uh, uh gear <laughs> and, put, and set it up and take Ready off to go. by himself i mean practically not really but so what a joy to have you guys here, and uh, what a wonderful day to savor a beautiful August. My son calls this uh, tomato Christmas. 
Tomato. I love that because I do love tomatoes. And yes, it, the it tomatoes is. are in abundance right now. Help hey, you, yes. Help yourselves. There are some samples down at the reception area. Please feel free to take some because whatever's left, we're going to send out here and throw at cars on 22nd <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> Best we take them. Okay. Well, we do hope all of you have enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program. We'll listen again for Prairie Doc brought to you by the Avira Medical Group Brookings. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Holm. Thank you, Joan. Thank you, Bob. And stay healthy out there, people.